0: Welcome to P.S. Let's Talk Love. I'm Marsha. And I'm Solvay. We're communication professors and dating and relationship coaches. And in each episode, we'll be talking about dating, love, relationships, and all their complexities.
1: We're here to help you navigate the sometimes awful, sometimes exhilarating, and oftentimes
0: bonkers elements of all things relationships we want to emphasize that this podcast is separate from our teaching and research at our university jobs. It is, however, part of our desire to bring dating and relationship support to folks everywhere. Let's talk love. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 55. We're so happy you're here. Uh, Marsha, what are you loving this week?
1: Well, I am loving the newest season of Love is Blind.
0: Oh, good. I was hoping you'd want to talk about this. <laughs> Have you watched it? Uh, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I've watched uh, maybe three episodes in. Aren't there only okay. four episodes in or did they release more?
1: They've only released five, I think. Like they all really, they released five all the way through Mexico and go we ahead haven't and seen them it. go home.
0: Okay. Well, go ahead and tell me. I feel like I am okay with the spoilers. Okay. I mean, I
1: don't think these are huge spoilers. Yeah. At all. So, listeners like this is about Love is Blind the first 5 episodes. Season um, 4. Season 4. Yes. Okay, I I am I got to say last season was kind of meh for me. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. admit, like I watched it, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but it was mm-hmm. like I don't know. I just it was a little meh. Mm-hmm. This season is i would put it like just as good as season one i feel like uh i'm interested in how you feel about it i am i'm very intrigued by many of these characters slash people (laughs) um and i i will say i feel like we are witnessing a true like soulmate connection in it in brett
0: and tiffany Oh, good. Okay. Yes. I was like, I oh, hope they lost. I, always, I haven't watched as much as you watched, but they're lovely, aren't they?
1: They are. So have you seen them meet, like see each other? Yes. Yeah. The second that they, like when they showed them meeting, I was like, oh my God, they already look like a couple. Like it was like the they like were already matching each other's mannerisms and facial expressions and they like made eye contact and they kissed and it was like all of it just like I was like oh you could have tricked me that these people had known each other for weeks and they even like they say later in the episode one of them is like it feels like I've known them for years Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah it looks like you've known each other for years like oh they're they're my favorite I love them so much I (laughs) A lot of my mental health is riding on their success. <laughs> my well, that's interesting. Really
0: well. It's interesting that you frame that in relation to the pat to like the last season. Because I'm thinking, I can't remember what the name of the couple was that was like so early on, like into mm. each other. I just didn't enjoy them as much. So like, they're fine. But I wasn't like super into their connection. But yeah, the, um, what are their names? Tiffany and Brett. They're very, yes. very like, they're just, they just like, yeah, I feel like I want to smile every time I see them mm. interact with one another.
1: <laughs> I get, go- like, I get, like, I feel like their love, like, radiating off of oh. the screen. And oh. I feel like I have, like, little butterflies when they're on screen. I'm like, oh, I'm so oh happy gosh. for them. They just seem so into each other. They seem so comfortable in them. I think, I think it's like a combo, right? It's a combo yeah. of, they seem very comfortable and confident in themselves as individuals and then like in their coupledom it's like just so evident that they are a really excellent match I also don't think it's a coincidence that they were the oldest people yeah That right they were 35 and 30 or they are 35 and 36 and I was like
0: yeah they like have this level of maturity yeah that several of the other people do not have (laughs) agreed agreed and they also just seem at least as far as I've watched so far they seem like so grateful to have connected with Mm -hmm. one another like like a real genuine like like they see each other and they know how special it is
1: yeah it does it seems like they're yeah just really enjoying all of it and taking it in I do think it's funny that like their one drama was when she fell asleep. The- and yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> that that would suck, though, if you couldn't see what was happening. I was like, I mean, I, it was a good it was a good drama. I feel like we we're I don't know about you, but I was like, no, I hope that he doesn't. I hope I hope they work this out. <laughs>
1: I know. I was concerned, too. I also was like, so it seemed like not just she fell asleep, but like they must have been drinking quite a bit because she definitely seemed real like loopy. And yeah, I was like, oh, she kind
0: of passed out. Yeah. Like when her friends woke her up, I was like, are you okay? Yeah. 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 I I assume the same thing. And I can imagine it's a bit of a party in there. They all have their cups with them everywhere they are. Mm -hmm. So I get it.
1: Yeah, I, I think It probably is a little bit of a necessity to like relax and be able to be yourself while on
0: camera and in that kind of high pressure situation. I I can see it would be comforting. Totally. And going on dates with 16 people or however many people you go out with. Are there any other couples that you want to talk about? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have some thoughts on some of these. Oh my gosh. What Give us the highlights. Okay. First of
1: all... I, like, I'm already like, okay, what are the odds these people? I I feel pretty good about Tiffany and Brett, unless, like, there's something that happens that, like, we are not, like, something's been hidden. But based on what we have so far, I'm like, okay, these guys are solid. They've got this. Yeah. The only reason I could see them not getting married is if they, like, decide, like, we want to, like, be together for longer before we actually do that kind of, right? Like, they seem smart enough to, like, potentially do that. But otherwise. Um, I... I like I have complicated feelings about Kwame. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: really like Chelsea. Mhm. I don't, do you know all the couples now? I feel. Yeah.
0: I know all the couples. Yes. I know all the couples. They're all in Mexico now. I've gotten to the part okay. where they're in Mexico. So I haven't, and, and also do you can tell me things I'm not going to be like, okay. okay. Yeah. Well,
1: I didn't want to, I mean, if you don't know yeah. who the, sometimes that's like sometimes
0: because there was like a few people who were really back and forth. Yeah. Um, no, I know who all the couples are and they're all yeah. in Mexico when I stopped. Yeah.
1: How do you feel about Kwame and Chelsea?
0: Well, I, so now, like, because you got me into TikTok, I've been, like, seeing all these TikTok commentaries of and critiques of Kwame. Um, I, without how, at least where I'm at in it, they're both lovely together still. And um, I, I thought that he was pretty cool. I thought he, I don't know. I'm like scared to say, I thought yeah. he was pretty cool. Um, I know a lot of people seem to be critiquing him. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I thought they like, obviously he was into the other woman too, right? Micah. And I don't know what's mm-hmm. if Something going to happen with that, but like um, it seemed like he was, it's, it seemed like pretty fair. I mean, it's gotta be so complicated to like make multiple connections with people and be like, I really like this person and this person and trying to like, that seems like a fair mm. and human experience of something like that so yeah I thought Chelsea I think Chelsea seems cool I think Kwame seems cool what what Mm. else what am I missing
1: oh I'm Kwame has a real weird interaction with Micah Mm. and it it sounds like you probably haven't haven't gone there yet yet. yeah yeah and I it was interesting to watch because I thought it I thought it was inappropriate and Chelsea Mm. thought it was inappropriate and for to his credit, Brett also thought it was inappropriate and told mm. Kwame, which is why I love Brett.
0: He's my favorite. Okay, man okay. Ever. So it was questionable. It was a weird. There was something weird happened.
1: It was we. It was definitely weird. And I think like I think that it's complicated because yeah. you know all the connections that are made. But I definitely think like he. Okay, here's what I actually think, and I don't love to place a ton of blame on only women. I think that he. Did not act well in that interaction. I think that fucking Micah and Irina are manipulative assholes and love playing games and they like manipulating, especially these men. And like, I am like over them. I yeah. mean, they make for great TV, but there I will be on record with this fucking assholes <laughs> and mean girls. And I like don't it. like it. Yeah. Like, yeah so Micah I I like I mean again I I will just like with anything I'll place plenty of blame on Kwame for that interaction but I also am just like get out of there Micah you're such a dick she like she was kind of stirring up a little bit oh yeah yeah. she is I think she was really enjoying like seeing him and like holding it over every like Chelsea and Kwame that he was like gonna propose to her and like she Mm. is really relishing in having control over people and it's gross it's like a very bad look I'm gonna chalk a lot of it up to immaturity yeah and I think that that's generous of me to do (laughs)
0: <laughs> well okay the place that i'm okay so do 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 uh micah and what's his face like do do they make it or are they uh, zach is that his name no zach's the other guy do micah i can't remember the guy's paul. name right she's now. with paul Paul. do micah micah and paul dissolved at this point they have not they are still okay. together okay i Doesn't don't seem think like it's gonna work where i'm at I, yeah them. i don't yeah. think
1: that yeah. they are a good match i think she just wants to manipulate like she wants to have control over mm. people. And get them mm-hmm. to do, like, the way that she acted in the pods, try, like, being like, you need to break it off. I forget who else Paul was talking to. That Amber to.
0: woman, that Amber, right? That's right. The flight attendant. Who seemed pretty nice from what we could tell.
1: Yeah. Um, the way she was like, you need to go do that right now. Like, the, I, I, I did not. It was not a kind mm-hmm. way or, like, a thoughtful way of preserving anyone's feelings which again complicated situation but then the way she was relishing how sad Amber was in the like yeah just weird about it yeah yeah it, it was just really weird it was like it was a game to her I feel like it's a game to her and I, it, it's not good and I, I there's I give them a zero percent chance <laughs> of getting married I mean I I will be floored if they get married. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I figure Irina, Irina, Irina and Zach, wait, whatever their names are. They seem like they're about to dissolve any moment.
1: They don't even make it out of Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Well. And it ends, I mean, this is like light spoilers. If you haven't seen the last episode, it ends with him back in Seattle sitting down with Bliss.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Who is from Alaska? I saw that. Um. Yeah. I don't know what to think about him, though. So I'm not Ooh. sure. I mean, I think Bliss seems nice. I'm not sure about him.
1: I I do think it's interesting that the other women are like, absolutely not with that guy. Are they I, already
0: like in the rest of? I haven't got. I haven't. You mean like the the other the women?
1: other the other women who are coupled up who like are you like, know have yeah. been around him? They're like he's weird. <laughs>
0: Okay, so that's not just Irena or Irena thinking that it's like he's a weirdo,
1: yeah. but I also kind of got the weirdo vibe well before like I got that vibe when he they were in the pod, so I'm like, I mean, you knew what he was for the most part. <laughs> like, and he's not like, a, I don't think he's a bad looking guy, yeah. I mean, he's, he's just weird. weird.
0: He just has a weird, I don't know. like, yeah, I was just like, as I was where I'm at at this point, I was like, how? Is he, like, holding his own with these women enough to, like, connect with it? Inter- interesting, right? Just, like, interesting what who different people connect with. And, like, you know, like, for whatever, Bliss seems pretty cool from what I could tell mm-hmm. of her. Like, I thought she seemed like a pretty, of course, like, bonus points for being from Alaska. But she, like, is yeah. pretty cool. And I was, like, interesting that he's, like, holding her attention so much.
1: Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't, I don't know. I just was not that interested in him. He didn't Mm-mm. seem very compelling, Mm-mm. but it's so hard to tell with this show. I don't know it's just so hard to tell, right. Cause you only are seeing little pieces of it and you kind of have to rely on the couples, the people there to like be the narrators of like, Oh yes, we did have this connection. Like we bonded over X, Y, and Z. Cause you only see like a fraction of their conversations. Yeah, that's true. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah,
0: I was like trying to remember there. And then there's the Jackie and Marshall couple yeah what do you think of them I'm on I'm on the fence with them yeah
1: I I like them I think Jackie is like an excellent television star yes fun (laughs) I'm like you I would want to hang out with you because she's really funny Mm -hmm. and I think like a good like she just seems like a good time like a good hang but Mm -hmm. she seems like she has something going on That she has not dealt with, and I like I can't get a read on it. She like has vaguely mentioned things. She kind of had a breakdown, Mm. Um, so I'm on the fence about it. But I'm interested. I I mean, I will say I'm real interested in like their journey because I think that they're good for each other. Um, so it's like one of those couples. I'm like I don't know. It could really go either way, but I think either no matter what happens, they probably it was good that the two of them found each other, even if it's
0: just for a short time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they seem like they have a sweet connection from what I've Mm -hmm. seen so far, which I was like, okay. I kind of, the way that they first like showed her, I kind of didn't, it surprised me then that they had this sweet connection. And I was like, okay, well, interesting. I'm curious to see where this goes, but Yeah. yeah, that's everybody, right? That's everybody who's made it.
1: Yes, that's all the couples. And I just, I will say- one of the episodes it might have been the the last episode I can't remember exactly there was a really sweet interaction that happened between Brett Marshall and Kwame like the Mm -hmm. three of that those guys were sitting together and they were kind of they were talking about their relationships and their feelings about it and they were talking about saying I love you and like wanting to be Mm -hmm. more vocal vocally affectionate with people in their lives it was like Such a sweet conversation. And number one, I was just happy to see men having that conversation on television. It was like making me very, very happy. And I think it's also noteworthy that it was like three black men having that conversation together. And in my head, I was like, this is really cool that this is like being shown these men being vulnerable together. In this way. And then one of them, I think it was Marshall was like, well, it's also important for men that look like us to have this conversation. I was like, yeah, Marshall. I agree. (laughs) Um, Awesome. I haven't seen that. I have noticed uh, the last thing I'll say about it is what is cool is seeing like, specifically, I've noticed Brett doing this a little bit more is like talking with the guys and sort of being like this, like big brother mentor about stuff like he like told Kwame like hey like the way you did that that's not no that's not cool like you should have just mm-hmm. like done x y and z and just be done with it and in like not a dickish way but in yeah. a like very mentory way um and I was really appreciating like that role that you it did remind me a lot of Cameron from season one who kind of did the same thing mm, who- I can't remember he was the one behind. he was the couple that really made it Cameron and Lauren they were the first couple that yeah anyway they it reminded me of those kind of vibes so anyway I am like so, I'm so ready for the next episodes to come out I'm like so in it this season <laughs> I'm glad you watched some too that makes me so happy
0: yes I think that's a great I think that should just be what we love this week and we can yeah that. yeah <laughs> Okay, welcome back. So we decided to combine two episodes today to look at, and you're going to hear a little bit about both of them. We looked at, in season two, episodes nine and 10. Those are, if you are following along with us, the Beard After Hours episode, which really focuses on Coach Beard, and then the No Weddings and a Funeral episode. So as a quick recap for both of these episodes together... First of all, in Beard After Hours, we see Beard going on his own sort of journey. And this is kind of a special episode in that we haven't gotten to, we get a, it's all Beard. It's all yeah. Beard in this episode. So we really get to follow Beard on the night after their the team's big loss to Manchester City. And it seems like he is negotiating a lot of things from his self-worth to his love life as he's wandering Uh, The streets of London in search of these answers, it seems, or at least just taking, taking the night to go have an adventure. Um, it seems like things keep going wrong for him, and he perseveres and is eventually rewarded or appears to be rewarded in the end. And then from there, in the No Weddings and, Fu- and a Funeral episode, we um, learn pretty early on that Rebecca's father has died, and the team and her loved ones are gathered around her to support her in this memorial for her father. And we're going to talk about both of these episodes, but we're going to start with the Beard episode. Um, if you've watched it, <laughs> you probably know it's it's a little bit of a, I don't know. I, I was pretty, I found it pretty jarring the first time I watched it. It's a bit of a tone shift. Marsha when you first watched it, or I know you've watched everything several times. What do you, how, how do you feel about the beard episode?
1: I mean, so I'm really conflicted because I know the first time I saw it, I was like, look, I'm enjoying this. Like, it's kind of weird and it, it it's just a very different feeling. Feel like very different tone. Yeah. But generally I enjoyed it. But honestly, my big qualm was the last episode. We get this like massive emotional like climax with Roy and Jamie and Ted revealing that his father's suicide. And you're like, okay, I would like to, I would like to like follow up to that. And then to get this episode in between that climactic episode and the like a little bit more of the resolution that we get in episode 10 was tough for
0: me personally yeah that yeah I hear you in that I just remember the first time watching it being like what's happening (laughs) but in watching it again I mean honestly you know a lot of times we've talked about the episodes that we love and that we watch over and over again this is one that I do not watch and I maybe have watched it like twice, like when I was watching that. Maybe, maybe I don't know, like how many people have I watched the whole Ted Lasso thing with? Maybe I've watched it a few times, like with people I'm re-watching it with. So maybe I've seen it a few times, but it's certainly not one that I return to. I just don't enjoy it as much. Though I did have a fun time watching it this time to sort of think about Beard and his, and what we learned about Beard. Like that that I enjoyed actually this time watching it. hmm
1: Yeah, I think that, like, it is cool. One thing I enjoy is that we actually get to see more of Beard in his life. Because up until this point, like, you get these little tidbits, right? Like, little crumbs are dropped. So you have, I going into the, before we watched the episode for this time, I was trying to think, okay, like, what do we know about Beard so far? And I do feel like this episode gives us a, a lot of context for what is going on with him. And it helps... I think helps us to understand him as a human, or yes. I guess a character. Um, he, they're humans to me, a human character. <laughs> they're yes. all they're all people, <laughs> real people to me. Yes, uh, yeah, it helps it helps me understand a little bit more about him, and like just provides a little bit more context. And so that's sort of how I treated this episode where I was like not looking for themes. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to kind of sit back and be like, what are you telling me about this guy? Yeah. What what's going on? Yeah, Um, like, who
0: is Beard? We finally get a little insight in what a character.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't, I think, through the whole thing that I found enjoyable or noteworthy was just how, like, not surprised I was at any I was like, no, this tracks for Beard based on, like, the little crumbs. You know, I mean, like, last episode, we learned that he accidentally was on mushrooms for a game. Like, you know, Beard has a, a colorful life.
0: It also I think just in a from a like acting perspective and whatever directing perspective just to zoom out for a minute also is like isn't it so amazing these characters who have very few lines but you actually like when they are excellent actors and also of course all of the you know the directing and all of that that goes into it like we actually while beard has very few lines he's present a lot. And you've observed this before, Mm -hmm. right? There's so much going on with him non-verbally in so many of the scenes. And and it is pretty amazing how we can know so much about him sort of in some ways, at least not be surprised in this episode, even though he doesn't say that much before. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Way to go, Brendan Hunt.
1: Yeah. And this episode too, I just want to note is there's a lot of homage played to a Scorsese movie called After Hours I don't know it I'm sorry movie buffs I'm sure I feel like movie people really love Scorsese and I I don't hate his stuff but it's you know not usually the thing I am drawn to personally (laughs) and either yeah yeah. So I think, I think that we just thinking about our experiences with this episode, I feel like probably if we had seen that movie or were a fan of that movie, this would hit even probably the way that the rom-com one mm. hit for you and I, right? Like you see the references and it, it does make it more enjoyable. So that's just also a note in uh-huh. case anyone's listening and is like, Hey, ding dongs. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is after hours.
0: So that's just that another makes a lot of sense. note. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, what what was, what was were you noticing about Beard that you think for the sake of thinking about communication and relationships and identity and all of the things we think about and love, all the things we think about here? What were some things that were interesting to you about Beard in this episode?
1: I think the big thing that I noted was that he seems to be really... <sighs> He's this weird dichotomy, right? He is really grounded in who he is and what his role is. Like we heard early on in the episode, he like very early on, he's kind of beating himself up about the, uh, about the game, about the loss. And it's basically saying through it's through the announcers, but it's clearly mm-hmm. his conscious saying like, Hey, you didn't speak up. You knew that was wrong. You're supposed to be coach Lasso's number two. Like your job is to challenge him and I think like he seems very secure in that identity right like he knows that that is his role and then also he is such a chameleon (laughs) like the way that he was able to get into that, like seek the, I don't know, the exclusive nightclub place and like interact with the people in there and everywhere he goes, he kind of like can he finds a way to connect with people. He is an interesting chameleon in that way. So that those were the things that stood out to me in this particular episode.
0: Mm, mm, Yeah. I love that observation about, yeah. What just, well, everything you just said about how he is able to, to move in these different ways. I was, I think the one thing I was more surprised about in this episode was what seemed to be like, I guess I'm not surprised that he's having trouble in his love life because we heard that the whole time. Like that part didn't surprise me. Um, but it's interesting to sort of see his journey with whatever, I don't know, I meant to look up who those guys were. Do you know who they are? Are they like, were they, was there who they are as people, the two announcer people significant? Like one, I'm assuming is a football player, right? And the other one, is like like, anyways, I didn't know if they were significant, but just like the, in terms of who they were. But the the fact that they were representing this sort of like throughout the episode thread of his whatever it is, his inner critic, his inner, his inner, you know, whatever these people are um, in his head. Uh, the self-worth stuff was sort of surprising to me. I was like, interesting. People are complex, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think this stuff with Jane was yes. a really good example of how, and I've seen this with many people in my life, That somebody can be, like, so whip smart and on their shit and, like, especially in professional settings or maybe not even in professional settings, but, like, in terms of their ability to communicate and provide advice about communication and relationships to others, right? Beard is always, like, pretty on on it. And when he does provide guidance and advice, he is giving good guidance and advice. Ah. And to be so good at that, and then just such a shit show personally, like in their own life, that inability to apply any of that stuff, they clearly know to their own life. I just, it felt very real, right? I know many people like that because we have those blind spots. I don't know. There's like these barriers that we have to apply the things that we know that we can tell to others that we can, you know, use to give advice, and then when our in our own situations, we're like, never mind.
0: Just do the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Were there any things about like what was happening with him and Jane? Like we learn in this episode that he and Jane are broken up again, but he said he loved her, and she couldn't say it back. And so then he's like, you know, going through seems like, you know, he's going, he's going solo through the night, but then we start seeing these that she's sending him these texts, encouraging him to come out. And then, you know, later on the episode, we see that he's missed like 72 calls from her or something like ridiculous. Like, and then they meet up at the end in this sort of magical, surprising way. What do you think about his and Jane's relationship right now? Like, what's your take on it?
1: I don't think it's good. I mean, (laughs) I'm with Higgins on this. So that's how I feel in one hand. And the other hand is like, of course, he's with somebody like Jane. Because Beard seems to seek out, like, excitement. I can't think of a better word. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. excitement. But you know how in relationships, people will sometimes continue on in a relationship that they feel a lot of anxiety in because they confuse that anxiety with like excitement and like the flutter Mm. of love but really what it you're like no it's that you don't know when they're gonna call that's why you get butterflies when the phone rings and it's not like positive butterflies it's actually anxiety manifesting and I kind of think that that's what's happening with beard is He's confusing the butterfly, you know, the anxiety with butterflies. And then the other part of me is like, I don't know. Beard is like kind of weird. Like maybe they're a great match and they can like harass each other together forever
0: and dance
1: <laughs> at parties and churches.
0: <laughs> She seems to be. Yeah. I'm. I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat with you around this. I'm like, I, I maybe mean, it doesn't seem great so far from everything we've heard. But then, you know, in that episode, at some point, I wrote down that he says, "I'm under no illusions that she can solve what ails me." But when I'm with her, the world just feels more interesting. And I think you're like what, how you just categorize that. Like it could be from this, like, you know anxious attachment. So we don't know enough about beard to know like what's actually happening in his personal life outside of this. Um, that being said, uh, you know, she did show up for him, a- in terms of the gate that, you know, the team losing and her knowing that and saying, you should come out and have fun. And when they see each other, they do look genuinely happy to see one another. So who knows? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just think that it gives a lot of good insight into like, what is going on behind the scenes with Beard? Yeah. You know, I think it makes it a little bit more fun when you see him moving through the world. You know, we see him at the um, at the very end of the episode where they're watching game film and he's, you know, in his fancy pants and he's had this whole night and he doesn't tell them anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) which we there have been other episodes where Ted walks in and Beard is looking like super tired and rough and he's like oh a long night. And you're like is this what's like this nature this type of thing is what has been <laughs> happening all along?
0: Like what a life Beard has had. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty fun, pretty fun and funny and some good insight and and you know, ultimately, even though, I mean, isn't it bizarre that he runs into Jamie Tart's dad and then he beats him up like that part that but that scene I was just like, oh, no, I'm glad he was okay that part was kind of scary and unted lasso leg for me.
1: Yeah, it felt a little like a fever dream. I was like, is yes. this really happening? Like, yeah. that's what I kept asking. And I'm like, I don't know, did all of this stuff happen? Was being yeah. just on mushrooms again? Did he fall asleep and have a dream on the subway, on the tube? And then, you know, like, well, and I guess maybe the the point of him still wearing those pants at the end was to like show like, no, it did happen. But I did, I did feel like, I also feel like there's probably more metaphor in there that I'm not
0: getting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Beard, for a wild wild night insight into your brain
1: yeah I mean it looks like you had quite an experience if if nothing else beard lives life to its fullest
0: and beard rocks some sequin pants yeah I respect that (laughs) all right well with that information about beard shall we move into an episode that has more characters
1: (laughs) yeah we've got got a bit of a tone
0: shift (laughs) yes (laughs) a bit of a shift, but like you were saying one where we start to, we get to feel that sort of not satisfaction, but a bit of satisfaction in that we're left hanging about these big things that are happening for Ted and we get a bit more insight in this episode. So, you know, we were thinking about a theme for this episode and I, I know you have thoughts about this too. I was observing, I felt like a lot of, truth telling in this episode. And I know you have a point about that as well. Do you want to share that in terms of what Dr. Sharon was saying?
1: It's essentially what I thought this whole episode revolved around this concept that Dr. Sharon had shared. I think it was two episodes ago with Ted when he was starting his therapy journey. She said the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. And I okay. see that at so many points in this episode, specifically around Ted and Rebecca. I mean, I think they're the focal point of this episode, okay. but I kind of think even with like Jamie and Roy and Keely and that stuff at the end, um, there, yeah, there's just a lot of truth being told. And I think a lot of anger that resides in many yeah. people in this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. So shall we start with, looking at Rebecca a bit yeah I think she's the biggest
1: I mean uh, clear uh, of course she is because it's her father who passed away so
0: yeah
1: yeah, let's start with her and she starts in a great place
0: I mean thanks thanks everybody who decided that Sam and Rebecca could have a little more time together because that made me real real happy (laughs)
1: Also, can somebody please get what's? I forget how to say that actor's. Tahib is his first name. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Can somebody get him in a rom com like now, now, like tomorrow? <laughs> I need him in a rom com just throughout this episode. I'm like, oh my god, get this guy in a rom com immediately. He's so charming.
0: Oh, he's so good. Uh, love, love. Yes. L- love sam love the character sam and um jamo is how you say his last name to jamo seems like Jamar, also yeah. a delight it seems equally like a delight of a human from every interview and conversation i've seen with him as well so yeah so yay rebecca i'm just gonna say yay rebecca at the beginning because we hook up and have a fun time whatever's gonna happen next with a Super wonderful and very sexy young man.
1: (laughs) One thing I noticed about this interaction with her and Sam is number one, just like the ease and comfort that they had in bed together. Right. Like it was just like so comfortable. And we I think we learned it's been about two weeks.
0: I was going to say, it seems like sometimes it's like yeah. it's clearly not the first time they're spending time together.
1: Yeah. So of course there's going to be a little more ease, but there was so much comfort. But what stood out to me the most is in the, her kitchen and that next scene, she, I don't think has any makeup on. It's the mm. first time that we've seen her not like with what I would call kind of like her armor, which is the makeup and the hair. Like she's always so put together and structured Mm-hmm. And even in the other episode where she was hooking up with the one guy, she still had like her hair and her makeup were still like done kind of in bed the next morning. And she had cle- like, you know, she it looked like she had just gotten out of the shower and that. And I was like, Oh, of course. She's like feeling so much more open around someone like Sam, who she has more than just a physical connection with. They've had all of that foundational emotional connection that they through talking on that app for so long. Mm, that's a great
0: observation. Yeah. Yeah. So she has this really like these sweet happy moments and then pretty immediately in that episode we learn that her her mom shows up, we learn that her father has died and and then she's as as happens. I mean, I think that is, you know, that's what happens in if if somebody is not expecting someone's death, is sort of thrown into this other Totally different aspect of her life, which is preparing for a funeral, right? Preparing preparing for a memorial,
1: and having to go home, right, to your childhood home. There is something about being back in your childhood home that immediately, like, I feel like people just regress like three steps when they're back under their parents' roof. Yeah, you feel like that's how I I feel when I am. I'm like, yes, why am I now a bratty it. teenager?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think it's so, well, I mean, I just think it, yes, I do agree. And also I think it's just so much more challenging to not do that. And, And I mean, in her case, it's like, we're also seeing her like what appears to be her childhood bed, right? Looking through photos and her mom's listening to this song over and over again. Like it just is, it also feels like what happens when you go home and you're like, oh, that's right. We're like doing all the things that we did when I was growing up that like, But I've been away from this. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's not exactly the same for each person in that way, but it appears to be like that for her.
1: I think that it's a good example, too, of how when we get put back into a particular context, like we regress or we like fall back on those old communication patterns, just you kind of see her the way she's interacting with her mom. And then Sassy like chooses to to climb up to the balcony and is right? like there's like this little bit of regression that happens because I think it is. you're like, well, that's that's how I interact when I'm in this yeah. place. Um, yeah,
0: that's yeah. what I do here,
1: yeah. I also, I don't know. did you find it odd? I was the whole time thinking they don't seem that sad. <laughs> Like her mom is like your dad died and she we know she has some complicated feelings about her dad but she was kind of cold and then her mom didn't seem that torn up about it even like sassy seemingly knows her family and doesn't seem that sad so it was just kind of interesting witnessing that and I think we you know in a minute here we can talk about what we know about Rebecca and how she feels about her father and that gave a lot more insight but it did seem very like everyone was just like meh.
0: Okay. well, and I wonder, yeah, I mean, there's I think like we'll talk about some other reasons, but also I think back to several episodes ago where you had read the book about Prince Harry, which I understand is different. We're not talking about British royalty here, but I also wonder, I mean, I think the from what I understand about like the dominant British culture, it seems like not one where people are particularly expressive of their deep vulnerabilities and feelings and there is seems to be a lot of sort of just you know, what is that expression? Keep <laughs> the calm cha- whatever they the, keep ca- calm and carry on right Yeah that's on. A good point. Like,
1: it might be cultural
0: <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's there's probably a both and like we learn a bunch of stuff about them as well. but yeah, I agree. it's like not quite what I would expect in terms of what you imagine people would be. That being said, grief is weird. I mean, maybe there's also that, right. It's not like, like some people have, a people have different responses to grief and they, on some level, I think there's that, um, experience of just like having to like, okay, we have to get through the funeral. We have to get through the memorial. We have to be really practical right now. And then later we can feel things.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good point. I think it, yeah, it's a good point that grief comes in like different waves and in different ways. One, it, this was just making me think about one of, I th- actually, one of my favorite movies um, is on Netflix right now, and it is kind of about grief in a bunch of different ways. It's called This Is Where I Leave You. Have you seen it? Hmm. I don't know. Who's in it? Uh, it's like the most star-studded cast. Jason, or no. Um, yeah, Jason Bateman is the lead, but hmm. Tina Fey is in it. Um, Adam Driver oh. is in it. Catherine oh. Hahn, Jane Fonda, Timothy Oliphant.
0: <laughs> I don't think it, I've seen it. It's good.
1: It's good. It like it, it, it's it's sort of like a dark it, dramedy, but it it's pretty mm-hmm. heavy on the comedy in mm-hmm. the drama of it. Um and it's about their I mean the, I don't think this is a spoiler their father passes and it's not unexpected. It's he was sick. And then the family, it's a family of four children, they have to go home and live in the family house for a week while they sit shiva and mm. you know there's a lot of family dynamics that are happening it's really good um cool. I, I really really love it. it also is a book i read the book first it, they're relatively different so they're both good experiences anyway all of that is to say it was a similar tone I, like there was a lot of like like i don't know a lot of sarcasm and jokes and people also interacting in ways that they've always interacted and then also acknowledging that they're in a weird grieving process. And I guess maybe it's just that people are very complex.
0: Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, pretty quickly, we get to the funeral, which is the, Mm -hmm. you know, the big part of this episode and we see, um, what what things do you want to talk about about the funeral there's there's so many things like the funeral and the memorial are basically when everything happens it seems mm-hmm.
1: well i mean i think just leading up one thing that i wrote down that i don't know how it fits into any theme but i think it's like a theme of life mm-hmm. um was this reoccurring thing where the priest from the church kept being like shh you guys keep your voices down, be quiet. To the family who like it was the it's them. It was to Rebecca and her mm-hmm. mom. The everyone kept trying to like basically tell them the way that they're showing emotion is inappropriate. And it, it just made me, I was like, Of course, it's a bunch of men telling women to calm down and shut up mm. and they're not behaving in the way they should be. Like it just felt <laughs> very loaded. And I'm like, of yeah. course. Yeah of course that that is they're not acting the way they should be mm-hmm. right they're not if they were crying and wailing i doubt that priest would have said anything but because they were squealing and behaving in a way that is not the way we would expect at in a funeral they kept getting shushed it just was funny to me how it was always it, it, i'm like it's not like a random invitee it's the actual family the family
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a weird that is a weird thing that happens throughout. Yeah. And I mean, we see this mixture of emotions there too, right? Sassy's always coming in with the humor. Healy doesn't know what to think of a funeral. <laughs> She's like, and so the beginning of that, you know, the beginning of that time where they keep getting shushed is around like who Rebecca's dating. She does pretty quickly reveal who she's dating well keely guesses it immediately yeah keely knew keely must have known um and that's fun i mean that's fun that that they get to sort of have this moment with her of that feeling when you are just excited for your friend who's dating somebody who's also really cool
1: yeah and I think like one thing you know when we were talking about themes for this episode it I do think that the truth being like the recurring overarching theme is an important one but I also think there's so much to be said for like the complexity of being human that's highlighted in this right like Mm -hmm. the juxtaposition of Rebecca and her friends squealing and rejoicing about this new guy she's dating and also, like knowing that they're in a church for the funeral of Rebecca's dad and even her mom is getting in on it. Right. Like we have we can feel more than one thing and we do feel more than one thing. And I just think that highlighting that complexity is really valuable because you know sometimes we I think we walk through the world thinking that like everyone has to be feeling a certain thing
0: in a certain environment and remembering that like, oh, no, there's a lot of things going on in here yeah, there's so many things going on. And I also, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that here. I think it's also, you know, in, in all of the, in, in this whole episode, like just seeing this contrast of like the things that are funny and fun in this situation and the things that are heartbreaking. Um, and they are, they exist alongside one another.
1: Yeah. And pretty quickly then we get to like the meat of this episode and I I don't know about you, but this like back and forth always makes me cry. It's um, so well done. It's also yeah. just so
0: well done.
1: The yes. I mean, it's well acted. It's what well, yeah, like all of it, right? Um, between Rebecca and and we're also switching between her and Ted. And I thought this is so. This scene is why I think they are soulmates, but I don't know that I don't think they're romantic soulmates. I think that their souls are intertwined the fact that they have this day in common right mm-hmm. they're talking about the same day in history They mm-hmm. they were across the world from one another but it's these incredibly monumentous like turning point moments in their lives specifically around their fathers mm-hmm. and that ha- were really pivotal moments for them and I think like the fact that those two things exist and, and that for what we know neither of them knows Mm-hmm. About that connection they have, but I don't know. I feel like like their souls know, and that's why they're drawn to one another.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, that's very poetic. I like the way you talk about that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about Ted in just a minute, but you know, it just in in Rebecca's experience of being a young girl who sees her father cheating on her, which is revealed in the or on her mother. Um, along with it sounds like Sassy was there too and then just feeling like she has these feelings you know that she's carried with her from what we can tell of her life of hating him for cheating and also hating being so angry at her mother for staying in the situation and that those things she's been carrying with her and she's finally finally like willing to tell the truth to her mother who then, acknowledges that she's known the whole time too. And, and isn't that so fascinating how we can hold these things and carry these things. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, not share them. Um, it's, it's, it feels like such a relief that she tells her mom. And it feels like such a relief to her mom that they finally have that conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Because up until this point, I think that Rebecca's Anger at her father, but then this underlying resentment at her mother, for what what's hilarious to me, like not hilarious in a haha way, but like I guess irony of all of it is like she's been holding this right for so long and carrying this thing she knows about her father and this anger at him and this holding this underlying resentment at her mother for something that, from Rebecca's perspective, her mom doesn't even know, like her mom for again for all rebecca knows do, has no knowledge of this and is just walking through her marriage as she does and so to have that resentment like you can see rebecca's prickly around her mom mm-hmm. even though her mom hasn't done anything to her i just think like this is what i think sometimes holding holding those i don't know pieces of darkness can do is it makes you prickly to everyone involved even the people who are undeserving Hmm. hmm.
0: And we see that her mom has this whole story of why she's chosen to stay, right? I mean, her mom knows she's chosen to stay. And I've had a lot of conversations recently about, um, people of like our mother or grandmother's generations and like why they chose to stay in marriages. So it's just sort of interesting Mm -hmm. that this is coming up here and I I don't want to take us too far down this way, but I think, you know, it's so important to recognize that, you know, for us as women now, it may seem so baffling to think like, why would someone stay with someone? Why would a woman stay with a man who's behaving so badly? I mean, People still do, but even just, you know, even just like our parents or grandparents' generations before us, it was way more complicated for a woman to leave a marriage.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can tell you from my family, my grandmother and my grandfather got divorced. They only mm-hmm. got, a- he cheated on her repeatedly. I mean, sorry, family members, if you don't know that and you're listening to this for some reason, it's not a secret. Like Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. very well known. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, he basically had to force her to get divorced because she was, had nine kids and no college education. And it was the Mm -hmm. seventies and like, what was she supposed to do? And fortunately, she was able to like get, you know, she got a degree enough that she could work and and was able to like figure it out. But the combination of not having very many options, like to financially support yourself, being expected to care for any children and like that's the exercise. So nine,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she
1: had nine, that's wild. Uh, and yeah. almost all of them. I mean, I think the oldest three were like high school, but the rest were not. You know, they were young. Yeah, and that's a lot of kids. Yeah, and and then also the social stigma that comes specifically with being a single mom. Like it's not especially a, then, especially yes, then, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. In the seventies, like that was, yeah. uh. <sighs> A big deal and she bore that like at a much more significant rate than my grandfather did he got to go do whatever he wanted like he he lived his life and she like suffered the consequences of that and like I can see why women were like no like what am I supposed to do I can't I mean it wasn't yeah. until the 70s women could get credit cards and House Without their husbands of their- co-signing,
0: yeah. 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 It's not that long ago. No. So I think there's just so many reasons why a woman would stay in a relationship like that. Even, even, and there's also so many reasons why, I mean, I think, I think about this oftentimes um, even in the differentiation between my mom and I, when I think about some of the choices she's made, I'm like, why did she make that choice? But also we're different people and we had different, like, we have different reasons and, and we're have are of different generations. Like there's reasons that she made choices and there's reasons that my choices are different and why I look at her sometimes and think like, why are you, why did you do that? <laughs> so I get, I can empathize with both, both women in this situation. Mm-hmm. Well, context, yeah. right? Like her
1: mom is uh, was operating in a totally different context than Rebecca is. And like the comparison that we get to hear in this is her mom being like, yeah, I was so proud of you for leaving Rupert for doing the same thing your dad did, which uh, also, yeah. by the way, like what a, I feel like that totally opened up like a whole door that we hadn't seen before about like, why was Rebecca so like vitriolic? in getting revenge on Rupert. Like, why does she go through this whole thing of the team and Ted and ruining it? I feel like this extra layer of understanding that she knew that her father had done the same thing to her mother. And I imagine if it were me, I would feel this level of like, oh my God, I let I let him do this. I let myself mm-hmm. repeat the pattern. And so there's, you know, the anger is not just at Rupert, it's at her dad and her
0: mom too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of insight there. There's so many things about this episode we could talk about when it comes to Rebecca. Is there anything else that feels like really important you want to say about her?
1: The I think that just the fact that, that, you know, like Dr. Sharon said, the truth pisses you off. She was so angry, but it also seems to have set her free. Like her and her mother come to an understanding and this like much better place in their relationship at the end of this. And I think that that there's a lot to be said for being able to share your truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the two other points that I think are interesting on Rebecca's storyline that I feel like we could talk about her the whole time, but it is interesting to like watch someone negotiate having to give a eulogy about someone that they don't like. And in some ways, like her singing, her singing. I mean, I think there's probably all kinds of things we could talk about, but it's like, you know, okay. She's, she's, not actually going to say much because there's not much to say, but she can sing this song. Um, I thought, I thought that was interesting. And then, and then I'm so sad that she ends things with Sam in the closet, but also saying to him, um, you know, truthfully, it seems to be very much her truth that she thinks he is wonderful and she knows that he can hurt her which is the reality of love right when you love somebody that like and especially in that way and that she needs to figure out why that's stopping her like why what what's happening there is um you know she's very truthful about that
1: Mm -hmm. that's really been her journey this whole season too is this exploration of her ability to be vulnerable and she's been wrestling with that it starts kind of when she starts talking or when she breaks up with Wingstop,
0: right? Yep, yep.
1: And has, and it's seeing her,
0: yeah, and seeing herself as worthy of someone who yeah. could be with someone wonderful, right? It, I think there's also a sort of a worthiness that she's reckoning with here. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it. Rebecca is continuing to be on her journey but I do think that like this that her ability to be able to reflect on that and acknowledge her truth in this situation and I think probably the cathartic element of be- finally telling her mother about her father and coming to some agreement with her mother like all of that is important context to then understand like okay she is developing the ability to like see where her deficiencies are and where she needs to like her growth edge. She Mm -hmm. can identify her growth edge.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile, as we mentioned, we've got Ted who is also going through some really intense truth telling truth, pissing him off (laughs) time during this episode Mm We start seeing him getting ready to go to the funeral, singing a song, kind of getting, you know, getting in like the headspace of getting ready to go to this funeral. And then, you know, right after that, we see him having a panic attack.
1: Mm hmm. But fortunately, Ted has a relationship with Dr. Sharon now. I mean, I think, yeah. like, talk about setting yourself up for success. We always joke about, like, thanking Pat. I always say, like, thank you, past Marsha, for doing that. Or also, fuck you, past Marsha, for doing that. <laughs> I feel like this is a good example of Ted being like, thank you, past Ted, mm-hmm. <laughs> establishing that relationship.
0: Yeah. And we also, I think, have talked on here about having a support team. And I think that this is, like, Ted calling on his support team, like, literally calling on this person who is probably the one person who can help him right now through this situation. And she's available way to go, Dr. Sharon. She's available. She's able to come over and we learn more about Ted's experience, which is really traumatic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so we hear the, really the whole story of Ted's experience with his dad's suicide which again is like tied to that same date that Rebecca experienced that experience, you know, the cheating with her father. And I mean, he, it it isn't just that his father died from suicide, but also Ted heard it and found him. And I mean, that is really traumatic Mm -hmm. and to seemingly have never dealt with it in any way is pretty
0: incredible. Um, Mm -hmm yeah yeah, it's very it's very intense. and so um, we we learn more. we learn that he didn't go to the funeral, we learn that he hated him for quitting and that of course gives us insight into this, likely a story that hasn't fully, you know, I mean, there, we've seen hints of him going through this divorce and not wanting to quit on his son and all of these things that, what you know, there's more, there's more father, son stuff, right. There's more father, son stuff for you. Um, and you know, Ted's truth. And, you know, he says, I hated him for that. And I, he quit on his family. I hated him for that. I still, still, I think I still hate him for it. Mm -hmm. And that, is a really hard that's really hard
1: it is and i think that that like especially when it comes to suicide people tend i think m- more so than other deaths seem to have like some lingering anger at people it, it's a part of the grief process i know but it seems to me in my experience and unfortunately have known quite a few people who have experienced and myself also have experienced loss through suicide and I do think there's an extra element of anger Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: like it it makes sense and I also think that there's a lot of stigma in saying you're angry at somebody who has died right like Mm -hmm. just I can imagine it Ted is not going around saying he hates his dad because that opens up a whole other can of worms and you get a lot of like weird looks and people are like what's wrong with you he's dead and you're like well, it's complicated cuz people are complicated
0: yeah i'm thinking about you know rebecca also says she hated her dad i still hate him right that we hear I, i'm and then i'm thinking about how my mom used to always say hate is a very strong word <laughs> i i i think that is you know knowing knowing how intentional they are with, with you know in this show Hate seems to be a pretty important word here because that's not something that we hear. Like you said, it's not necessarily something that's socially acceptable to go around and say about uh, a parent full stop, um, but especially one who has died. Like There's a lot there for Ted to be just seems like maybe for the first time unpacking. and And thank goodness, Dr. Sharon is a trustworthy person who can hold that with him and can guide him in that
1: hmm One thing that stood out to me in this episode is this this exploration of like this idea of hating the person, right? Like they both reflect that. And then Rebecca just bouncing back to that quickly said, Her mom said, I knew the whole time. And she said, Well, then I hate you. Too. Yeah. And her mom saying, Well, that's basically, and, and I didn't write it down, but she basically said, Well, that's a relief because all this time I thought you were indifferent. And at least mm-hmm you feel something for me and I I always do think about that I'm sure it's like a quote or a line or whatever it is basically that um hate isn't the opposite of love indifference Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that comes up for me a lot and like noting that both of these people said they hated their fathers for what they had done but that they aren't indifferent to them it's Mm. Um, I just think like that is noteworthy and I think that that's such so indicative of like the human experience as well and I also think they both had a reason to be really angry and and honestly I think they are valid in hating that person and also the person is complicated
0: yes 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 to all of that yes so Sharon helps him at that time to remember some other things about his father and to it seems like she helps him move through and process at least for that moment well enough that he's able to make it to the funeral still
1: right he tells a really sweet story about something his dad did and acknowledges that he was a good father when he was there um and i think that in that I think Dr. Sharon prompting him to share a positive story and the fact that he also later on when he is at the funeral mentions like a funny story about Rebecca's dad, like a uplifting one. Um, It is a good reminder that people are more than just like one act. And in this mm-hmm. case, like for both of these characters, Ted and Rebecca, they're really focusing on. Arguably, a, quite a significant act. I think even more so for Ted than for Rebecca. Mm-hmm. But also noting that, like, we are more than just one thing. And especially for Ted, re- being reminded that his dad was far more than just that final act. He was, uh-huh. you know, many other things that are, were good and positive and gave Ted a lot of, you know, support through his life and seem to continue to. Um, I don't know. I just think that that's an important like running theme through this of we really are more than just one thing and being able to remember that is important.
0: Yeah. Agreed. And it also, as, as you're saying that, I was also thinking about how, you know, the, the truth telling that's happening here, the depths with which both of these two are going also, create space for that lightness like they're able to then like move through and and finally it seems like in both of their cases confess this like thing that they've been holding for so long and there is there's something that is created that's pretty amazing when you go to those places of and i'm not saying they're both happy and they're both okay but they have both gone there and then been able to, you know, to, to come out of it. And then also be able, I I guess I just think it's like, sometimes we avoid those things because we're like, if I go there, it's going to be so heavy. And I don't know if I can handle how heavy it's going to be. But I think for each of us, we can look at that and see like, yes, you can go to some deep intense places and you don't have to stay there. And that doesn't have to be like the thing that you only focus on. Like these two people later in their day are like laughing and having other things happen too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think that's important too.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really good point that like it, I mean, I think it harkens back to the like truth telling will set you free, right. It releases something. It also makes me think of like, just something is going to be really hard, but it's also going to be a hundred percent worth it. Like, yes, yes it's going to be really painful to explore that, right? Both of these people really struggled to share. And actually I thought it was kind of funny that Ted didn't get emotional until he was talking about the happy story mm. in it, but like, mm. it's going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard, but also things that are worth it are often hard, and your the the other thing it makes me think of now is one thing that I tell my students all the time, and I tell myself is every emotion is temporary, mm-hmm. and like that is true, and that is true of positive mm-hmm. and negative emotions, right? So the pain of exploring something like this is temporary, and also the joy of like other things in life are temporary, and understanding that like whatever the feeling is, it is going to go away. It's going yeah. to be gone at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, I, somebody says I don't know who said this originally, but that it's energy in motion, right? Like that mm-hmm. these things are they're moving through us. They're not going to stay with us, likely. Or you know they might come back and move through us again. But here we get to see Ted at the end having a nice little chat with Sassy, right? Oh, like, I is- think they're going to do more than chat. <laughs> It's a nice little reward at the end
1: <laughs> she a... loves as we learned she loves a wounded bird. that's what Rebecca's mom, yeah, knows. that was
0: interesting. I felt like I wanted to be like, wait, where's the sassy episode? Do we get to know more about that? I know <laughs> I would watch that yeah, maybe we'll get maybe maybe season three will give us some sassy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like she's got a backstory I'd like to learn,
1: yeah, you're kidding right. I'd like to see her day to day life, honestly,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So well, Ted's doing it. Ted is in his, he's, he's moving through the truth, pissing him off and hopefully setting him free. Yeah. yeah. You know, I listened
1: to this other podcast called Busy Phillips is Doing Her Best. Mm, mm-hmm. I've heard of it.
0: Yeah, I've never yeah. listened to it. Yeah,
1: It's very long. Listeners, if you think our episodes are long, those episodes are like three hours long. Oh, and I'm, wow. It's so oh long. It's just them okay. chatting. But I love that kind of crap because I like to listen to podcasts while I run. <laughs> And okay. one of the, so her co-host on it, her name is Cassie St. Ange, And she's a, she has written for like a ton of people like Letterman and uh, Rosie O'Donnell. And I know she does a lot of work in the industry, but is like not what she's not on camera. Right. And mm-hmm. she recently lost her mom and she was talking about mm-hmm. it on the episode and she's been talking about a lot of other things, but she, all of this is to say <laughs> she shared this line and like, it feels like my ne- like next thing that I need to put on Post-its around my house because it, it resonated with me and like perfectly encompassed how I feel about things. I just hadn't been able to articulate it. Okay. And she doesn't know if it's from someone else either. But she said, you don't have to get over it, but you do need to get on with it.
0: Mm, that's good.
1: I love that's it because one. it's yeah. such a right. I think we tend to have this perspective, you have to get over the thing. And I kept I just heard her talking about this last week. And so then when I watched this episode, I was like, oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get over it, but you have to get on with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I want to add to that. I'm like writing it down. I feel like you I feel like you have to add with that. You do have to get on with it eventually. <laughs> Right, right. I mean like I think- you don't have to like get over it yeah. right away. You don't have to get on with it right away. Like especially if it's a death or a loss, a significant loss. But I, right.
1: I think I just the- want to like add that. Yeah. I mean, I think the implication was a little bit more like I've been ruminating about this for a lot. Like, it actually wasn't fully in reference to her mother's death. It was about okay. somebody. I was acting. Like, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no, but, yeah, but I think she's things. been introspective because of that. It was somebody like who had wronged her. At and she's yeah. like, you know, I often think about the people who have wronged me. And she's like, you know, at some point you get to the point where you're like, I know I'm. I'm not really going to get over this, but it's time that I get on with it. Is I think a little bit more how she presented it um so anyway I think like especially in reference to these examples in this episode not Rebecca's dad's death per se but like the experience that she had with him and Ted's experience like it is time to get on with it like stop letting it impact you in a negative way like take the weight off a little bit
0: especially within both of these situations where these things are long in the past right, right. these are, i think that's important to notice here too like these are both these are both people what in their mid 40s who are reflecting on their teenage years and things that have impacted them and i think that is the you know when we continue to sort of be in our emotional adulthood there is this recognition that i get to either dwell on this for my entire, and I'm not trying to say this in an insensitive way. I just mean like either I get to dwell, this will probably impact me my whole life, right? This, this thing will probably impact me in some way. However, I can dwell on it or I can actively heal and move forward, which is, which is, those are different choices and people make different choices around those things in their lifetime. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Turn it from yeah. like an open wound to a scab and eventually a scar, right? Like, yeah. you want it to be the scar. And if you keep picking at the scab, but don't, you know, I don't know. There's some analogy there. Don't
0: I hear leave it you. An open wound. Yeah, I hear you in that. And just to go back to the, you don't have to get over it, but you do have to get on with it. I feel like, uh, I feel like I need that too. I, I recently I've just noticed there's some things it's I can take so personally especially in my close relationships I've been noticing these these places and with certain people where I take things so personally and I feel like that might one of my growth edges is to within my close relationships do more of this quote
1: <laughs> yeah just getting on with it I don't yeah just it on. just seemed like such a good way I was like oh yeah we should all remember that a little bit more
0: yeah I like it I yeah. like it well so Rebecca and Ted have had intense intense experiences in this episode we've talked about a lot today I feel like we need to just give like a brief nod to the Roy Keeley situation because it's weird in this episode right I mean there are like some weird weird vibes yeah I,
1: I think that they're just having like I think that they're having some growing pains in the relationship like yeah. which is a normal thing that happens especially when you're I don't know around-ish a year in somewhere there about yeah. And you're, like, out of the honeymoon, like, everything is magical phase. And now you're, like, in real life. (laughs) How how do you think about death?
0: That's a good call. The charm has worn off a little bit.
1: Yes. Yeah. And and death also does make us feel uncomfortable. Like, Keeley's weirded out. We learned that Roy has, like, some strong, like, has had a little bit of trauma around his grandfather's death. Jamie... I don't know what's going on with Jamie. I feel like they cut a scene that I needed more context for Jamie, if I'm being real honest. I'm like, what? All of a sudden, he now feels weird about death and loves Keely. Like, this, I don't know. It was, that was weird. That was weird. I agree.
0: It caught me off guard. It caught me off guard. I was like, what?
1: It felt like it came out of nowhere. And I also was like, Jamie, this is such a betrayal to Roy, who just hugged you. He hugged you. How dare you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It does seem like there must have been a scene that was cut or something in the editing that is strange. Unless unless we're, we're going to understand later why that happened that way. But right now and in this episode, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here, JB. I
1: didn't feel like it was earned. I didn't feel like normally i feel like like roy's whole interaction with keely like all of that dynamic made sense to me i'm like yep this is growing pains this is like all these things grief does weird things or death does weird things and then jamie i'm like where the fuck did you come from and what are you saying like what who are you go stop this go hang out yeah. with danny
0: rojas yeah, Talk about exactly. muggles. <laughs> yeah 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 so jamie says something that is apparently his truth that we don't really quite understand i mean kind of understand of course keely's keely she's amazing like i get that he would still harbor feelings for her that i'm not shocked by that but like it's weird timing and then we also learn that roy is just also kind of having a hard day just kind of having a hard day
1: yeah you know funerals are weird they make us feel a lot of things and yeah. yeah, we can chalk it up to that. And I think, I mean, we know, we've seen the rest of the show. We know that some of this gets like explored a little bit more in an upcoming episode. So we don't need to unpack it now,
0: I feel like. To be continued. To be yeah. continued.
1: Do you have oh, yeah. a favorite tenism?
0: I have a favorite line. Okay, what is it? We is have it not the
1: same just... one that I wrote down prime? Probably.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just love when Rebecca tells sam that he's so wonderful and she has to like step back because she's scared that she could get really hurt and she needs to go figure things out and sam's like i have to tell you something i'm only going to get more wonderful (laughs) (laughs) i love you sam i just love you
1: give this guy a (laughs) rom-com
0: I, I'm only gonna get more wonderful yes truth truth telling Sam
1: <laughs> that's the same one I wrote down and is also it? it's the same thing <laughs> whenever my dog is being a delight I'm like Obie you're just so great and then I like in my mind think that she's like and I'm only gonna get more wonderful because you know oh she's named God. after Sam if anyone doesn't right. remember if that, from the four million times I've mentioned that. it, I've mentioned it.
0: All right. Oh, that's cute. That's a cute interaction with you and your dog too. Thanks so much for listening to the PS Let's Talk Love podcast. We want to send out a special thank you to Medium Build for our show music. And if you enjoy this podcast, follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support us, it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now. Really, we want to know. And if you don't like
1: it and you got this far, don't worry. You do not have to listen to us again. You You can just forget this podcast exists and move along.
0: You can catch up with us on Instagram at ps.welovelove or follow us on TikTok at psconsulting.
1: If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.